0: And welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America: The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast, and I'm Pete Wright. Full, strong lips, chiseled jaw, pointy chin—it's my favorite mouth day. (laughs) Today, we're talking about minute sixty, the one-hour mark. That's right, we've hit the one-hour mark of the film, which begins with the shield to the face. And ends with the door to the face. (laughs) Back on the show, sadly, for the last time this season, it is Michael Gravano, host of the podcasts, The Superhero Show Show, and Movie of the Year. Mike, welcome back.
1: Thank you. Look, Cap has never seen a face he doesn't want to smash with something. He (laughs) hates mouths. His dad was a dentist. Cheated on his mom. They don't talk about it a lot. He's going to take out every mouth he gets to.
0: Well, and we, cannon. <laughs> well we don't know about the two guys in the back of the truck, he never touches their faces because he can't see their mouths. He's not triggered by their teeth. Right. Right. It's a trigger warning for Steve. Just regular punching. Just regular old punching. Um, before we begin, actually, one of the things we like to do uh, every Friday is talk about favorite Captain America moments. And I know I usually do this at the end of the show, but I'm shaking things up today. Uh, Mike, of all the films, of all the comics you've read, of everything Captain America, what would you say is your favorite Captain America moments? Do you have one that you could easily pinpoint?
1: Yeah, so many flooding where it's it's all, they're all blocking (laughs) each other. Um, Love the know you move. I'm trying, I can't remember what movie is that from, where he's like, when the, the whole world stands up against you, it might be Civil War at this point um mm. says move he, he, he stand I'm butchering everything but that that is always chill and then the when cap grabs uh Milnor in Endgame is just like the theater shrieked and I was bawling and my wife was watching me and my best friend hold her hands go what is happening and she's just <laughs> pointing and laughing at us uh it, it it's just Chris Evans is is so just epic and perfect as Steve Rogers um I'm trying to think of good comic book moments. I know there's ones I like, but all right now is ones I hate. They've been coming a lot online. Uh, in the Ultimate Universe, at some point, Ultimate Cat points to the A and says, this A doesn't stand for France, because somebody tells him to like give up. And, man, oh, you do not understand... <laughs> The character of captain america at all like he is this is why we have john walker as the u.s agent this is why we have uh nuke all the other versions of super soldiers throughout the comics are to show warped versions of captain america and so to do that in the ultimate universe bummed me out a lot that's a great take
2: i that uh, looking at it that way i think really puts a puts a fine point on on where they have gone with cap and and over decades Right. You have these swings, not just recently, but swings of Cap ridiculousness over the years, uh, depending on sort of cultural resonance at the time. Um, it's pretty easy to make Cap laughable or hateable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's hard with a character that potentially can just be a jingoistic character. Right.
1: Yeah, that's- exactly. He's he just like, right, right, that, that's, I used to teach high school and the kids, they, I'm pretty open about what I'm into. It's hard not to be nerd is written all over me. And they're like, oh, who's <laughs> your favorite uh, superhero and I said Captain America and this was an arts school and so they were like alright fascist uh, and I was like no <laughs> it's cause he represents what America thinks it should be and could be but never actually is and he's disillusioned with it uh, and the the comic writers they get that I love Ed Brubaker's run from the mid 2000s uh, I think he captures it perfectly
0: that's awesome alright well we are here in this minute and we're kicking off as these, uh, these trucks these a <laughs> truck stolen uh from the swiss uh, at the fondue party as swiss parking rack yeah uh, <laughs> yes as they are backing up to the loading dock and uh Pete we get to see your favorite mouth again
2: we do the truck's balletically back into the loading <laughs> docks and we have this reveal but what's interesting about this is well so the guy he's walking up my favorite mouth mf mfm <laughs> And and he opens the he pulls back the canvas and we have the the toy shield. Yes. Reveal. Right. Toy shield. And the toy shield in this frame does not appear dented to me. Does it appear dented to you? No, it looks flat. He then smashes the guy. Guy falls nine feet back into the thing and then Cap jumps out. And the first thing we see when Cap hits the ground There's a big dent on the shield. (laughs) Right. Nice attention to detail. And I mean, I don't
0: see teeth embedded in it. It needed to be an imprint. Like it should have been a cartoon, like (laughs) imprint of a (laughs) face. So I'm
2: very excited about that. That sequence.
1: There's something so charming about how long the what we're only talking about a minute and i'd say a full seven seconds of that minute is just cap sort of shaking the shield holding it as the camera frames in of what the hydragoon is seeing it, it lasts so long and i find it quite charming because it's like this isn't <laughs> cool or smooth at all like
2: <laughs> yeah it has time to cut back and forth <laughs> yeah. between them, like twice
0: <laughs> like reaction shots <laughs> what what <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Well, this, uh, this whole moment, I I I guess I have a question because it was such a perfectly choreographed moment with the trucks they i mean we could set it to the blue danube like in 2001 Mm. as these three (laughs) trucks they all turn to the right and now we back it's like they're all they're all lining up so perfectly and it's like but then then we come to the actual hydra soldiers who are actually here to unload and there is no choreography and they all so conveniently disappear just so we have the only one soldier here who is going to get hit and i think it's it's kind of funny that like no one else is here on the Loading docks. Paying attention to
1: the trucks. Here's what I think happened. Is the reason they all turn and run to the far left truck is they stole these trucks from the Swiss. Uh, the one cab jumped in had just two guys in it, literally no equipment or anything else. The other one maybe had some stuff. The far left, fill of Swiss Miss chocolate. And so all the hydrogoons are just like, yes, it's been so cold. And they're just running to get their little chocolate drinks. No, it's, it's a fondue pot. It's they, they're cheese fondue down there. Fondue pot. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's all fondue. Look, I, so,
2: you know, when he, when Cap hits the ground and runs up the, the, loading dock is actually loaded with guys, just no soldiers, right? Like they're all the, the workers. But, OK, so we just we we talked about I, I, I think Andy mentioned earlier in the week that we just recently talked about uh, Back to the Future Part 2 and the, the back to the, the curse of Back to the Future Part 2 is that there is no such thing as peripheral vision in that movie. Uh-huh. Like they get away <laughs> with so much that's happened right in frame, like just. Like, I refuse to believe that Biff can't see the stuff that's going on around him in that car. Like, the whole movie's like that. This sequence is just like that to me. Cap (laughs) jumps out. Nobody notices rogue guy with Cap (laughs) shield running around. And then we get this nice wide shot. There are soldiers right there. Like, right there Mm -hmm. is Cap is running toward the (laughs) tank. So they're walking the other way. But I have to imagine there are more soldiers. Every single cut is, like... At 24, there's Cap walking toward camera and a soldier right behind him who cannot see him because of the ridiculous face mask that yes. they all have to wear. They have no <laughs> peripheral vision here. They have no peripheral vision. Their goggles that, are so big.
1: Is- <laughs> This is Joe
2: Johnson answering the Back to the Future Part 2 problem, which well, is just giving them all masks.
1: I never turn I, my I, head when silly. I'm walking anywhere in public, just in case old me from the future happens to be in the corner. <laughs> I don't want to ruin that timeline. He must have his own mission. So I'm always dead-eyed straight ahead.
0: Yeah. I saw what happened just, to the Jennifers when they ran into each exactly, other. Exactly. I, I that don't want not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, it's, uh, that that is my problem with this sequence is that it's a little bit easy. It's just a little bit easy for him. He doesn't have to
0: sneak that much. It's, it's foggy, Pete. It's so it's foggy. 30.
2: Look at min- at second like, 30. This frame he's running across an open tarmac of yeah, parking yeah. lot of tanks and stuff and there are guys everywhere and they don't see
0: him. He would be totally fine if he didn't have a shield that stood out right. like a sore thumb.
1: Right. <laughs> And if he wasn't running, if, yeah, cause it, it is foggy and it is dark. If he put his goggles over his eyes from far away, he could yeah. just walk smoothly and they'd be like, okay, there's another guy. I don't recognize that mouth, but it's kind of far away. <laughs>
2: exactly that's what it is that's that's right what it is it's they didn't have mouth id and
1: this is this is again the evolution of captain america we've been talking about all week and he gets the stealth suit and he knows how to sneak in winter soldier here his secret plan is to jump from a tank to a roof and be just a lit silhouette running across the (laughs) longest roof he could find before he breaks in
2: now i i that is a fair point sir i give you that but i do have to say again a performative point Chris Evans jumping up on this tank and climbing up onto that roof makes that look easy, and I don't know that I could do what he did just running up that tank, and I know that sounds like I really... out of shape and I agree
1: <laughs> I am really out of shape <laughs> well it starts with that that first it's, it's only like an 8 inch up right but it is flu- yeah. I, I watched it over and over again and be like is he on wires that they cut it feels so fluid, so fluid. and I think that's yeah. that they do that throughout all the cap stuff that like he is if Hydra's 10% better he is 25% better than the normal human so everything is just yeah. a little easier a little more fluid and it's these little details really sell that but see I think it really is it's it's Chris Evans is 25% better than yes. I am.
2: Like, not Captain America. Chris Evans is better than me,
1: <laughs> is what I'm saying. Pete, I like you, but yes, yes, he is. But yes, Chris <laughs> Evans is better than me.
0: Do you two think that this is really Chris Evans? Though this is the thing, like that we get in like a James Bond movie. Well, I should say this is the thing we get in like a Roger Moore era James Bond movie, where we see a close up of Roger Moore, and then we cut to a really wide shot as James Bond and someone who looks maybe like Roger Moore runs across and does something amazing. It is dark, it is foggy, and we're on a wider shot of somebody running across the 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 um, the yeah. parking area here, running up the tank and hopping onto the roof. I wonder if this is actually not chris evans but his stunt double
1: even if he didn't look ma no hands leap up that tank i don't think it'd be chris evans because in real life it is dark it is foggy and your star is going to just jog across a dirt field where potholes and things no i think it's it's a stunt actor that whole time for sure Sorry. i need <laughs> to believe it's chris evans but even <laughs> if it's not
2: the actor portraying Chris Evans doing this run is also uh, 25% better than me. Yes. <laughs> I want to say, like, I, I had for a hot second, I, I have it frozen at second 34. And you can very clearly see that's Chris Evans' face. And I wanted to say, but you guys, it's Chris Evans' face, not realizing until a hot second later that this is a movie that really cut its teeth on replacing faces.
1: Yes. so Chris <laughs> Evans is actually most of the Hydra faces as well. Right. <laughs>
2: actually chris evans mouth the entire time
0: that's why you recognize that mouth <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah, I, I, I do wonder, but I do love, uh, the way that he does get up there so quickly. But, and again, as he does, just to point out again, we have the Hydra Uber tank off on the left. And from what I can tell, there are two guards, like just sitting at the top of it, just kind of looking around. And here he is like running across the roof, literally like right in front of them in their tank.
1: Well, I think it's a commentary on the arrogance. When you're so much stronger than your enemies, you're going to stop worrying about anybody. And that's what this is. This is the arrogance of war and the amount of money we put into the American military system.
0: That is a lot of commentary for this movie. <laughs> did you, did you want to drop a mic right now? Yeah, I'm going to unscrew is, it from its holder. Yes, just, I mean, just, it'll sh- say, we'll wait.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah. The, the commentary on Captain America, the first Avenger <laughs> presented. By Michael Gravano.
1: I'm on a movie podcast normally, yo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think that's—I do think that there is an interesting, an interesting perspective there for sure (laughs) about about the military and their views. So I want to go back. I want to backtrack a minute back to the shield because I I feel like there's another superpower that uh, that Steve has that we have not yet addressed. Steve swings at the uh, the Hydra soldier when he's out of the truck or when he's in the truck and the Hydra soldier is peeking in. And again, if we haven't said this is the same Hydra soldier who was with the prisoners below. So this is the guy who knocks Dum Dum's hat off uh, that Pete, Pete is in love with his mouth. Um, <laughs> when we see the back, when we see Steve swing that shield and hit him in the face, We can very briefly, for like a frame, see the back of the shield, and Steve's arm is not in the straps on it. It looks like he's holding it just by the right strap as he smacks this guy in the face. A moment later, Steve hops out. The shield is now completely strapped onto his arm, onto his left arm, and he runs off the loading dock and hops off. as soon as we cut, the shield is now on his back. And I think that there is a S.H.I.E.L.D. superpower that we don't yet know or we haven't explored enough with Captain America and his ability to maneuver this S.H.I.E.L.D. in ways that is, in fact, superhuman. Thoughts?
1: That I think that's the secret to why it moves magically and like breaks physics is because what Steve doesn't know is right next to him when he got the Vita rays and the serum... The shield was all shields were getting the Vita rays and serums. And so they're neurally linked and he's controlling it with his mind without even realizing it.
2: I I like that better than mine. Mine was just magnets. But here's hear me out that uh, because later we see Steve with the other shield right mm-hmm. in other movies. Right. And he can just like put it on his back and it just sticks right like yeah. magnets i think what we have not yet really called out is that in fact steve himself is magnetic oh. <laughs> all shields will stick to him if in proximity and so they didn't have to do any upgrades to the shield at all or his suit
1: because steve steve did it he just does it it's all that's why he, he always has the exact amount of change in coins because it just sticks to his body,
2: <laughs> it it's just hell its getting it into the slot. Yeah, <laughs> come on, it's rough just... letting go,
0: right? Shaking his
1: hand vigorously. So, <laughs> okay,
0: magnetic. You're... Could he, he be magnetic? I, I think you are right. In all seriousness,
2: that is a continuity thing that feels like they that it would be awkward to show Steve like harnessing the thing off his back. Oh yeah, like a little kid trying to adjust their yeah. backpack. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, mm,
1: mm, mm. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's, yeah. it, it is such a funny little thing. And it, yeah, it's one of those things. It's continuity error. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, who knows uh, how long he's kind of running around here. I mean, they do this thing. You know, we get that fantastic tilt up to this building that, I mean, this is really where we get to see this Hydra uh, mm-hmm. compound that we have here. The building, as as Steve's running across the roof, you know, it's, it's very much a movie trope. We're going to see him running toward it, and we're going to tilt up to show you the scope of it. And it's immense. And then we cut and he's inside. Like, that's a very typical yeah. trope that movies have you don't have to actually see how he gets in we're just going to show you the building and next thing we see he's in there it's fine it works but it does speak to kind of the scope of hydra and the immensity of what they're doing and everything and so i i don't know it's i think it ends up playing okay it's not like you know it's not like we're watching him go from a to b to c so specifically like i actually feel like weirdly in Thor, when we were talking about um, him running around the S.H.I.E.L.D. complex out in the middle of the desert, um, before he gets into the, the, the hamster tunnels, as he's going around the complex, you actually get a good sense of... Uh, if you're watching a minute by minute, you can really trace like the path that Thor takes through that whole thing. And it makes sense here. It's foggy. We don't really get a setup of the location. And so it's like, you know, it's okay that I don't fully understand exactly where they parked and how he got to where he is. It it ends up just playing like, you know, we might be missing some things, but it, it works okay.
1: Yeah. We don't need to see every step he takes just like wandering around hallways going in wrong rooms. No, that's the mop room. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> well, the bathroom. Should have knocked. <laughs>
2: Well, this is the thing about all of these movies that that like there are things that take me out of the movie and that that feels like it's breaking continuity. But I, deep down, I don't want to think about the magic of the shield. I just want it to always work. That's mm-hmm. one I I'm OK letting that break a little bit because it's cool.
0: Well, and the magic of getting around a place like none of that yeah. really matters as long as the film. I mean, this is going back to the bullet car chase. It's like it doesn't yeah. really matter that the layout of the streets of San Francisco don't make sense in context of the car chase because it's a car chase. And if we're the audience and we're really paying attention to the movie, then we're not going to be noticing all these things. And this is that curse of the movie by minute format when we're really looking at all these details as we start pinpointing all this stuff. But in, the, in reality, if Joe Johnston's doing his job, we don't notice any of this.
1: Yeah, I don't know if any director has thought about what if people watch this movie one minute at a time and talk about it for 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's their failing, honestly.
0: I don't know. We we keep sending links to them. (laughs) Dear Joe. Well, all right. Uh, we talked about kind of sneaking around and everything. Um, we haven't mentioned that uh, in the scope of Hydra vehicles, we do pass some Hydra mini-tanks. Those are the smaller tanks. The, I, I say smaller. They're the normal size tanks that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we actually run past. But still,
2: it's such. isn't it such a great tease that we pass the mini-tanks? He climbs up on a mini-tank, and then on the other side is the mega-tank, and it's, it's like... like yeah. It's just such a fantastic way that is revealed and yet not yet revealed. Like we still haven't seen the whole thing, mm-hmm. and I st- I'm I love it. I love the treatment of the tank.
1: I wish there was a scene between Schmidt and Zola talking about like, well, we need. Because Zola's like, well, one kind of tank. Do you really need... And Schmidt seems the guy's like, no. First we go in with the first wave of tanks, and they are very small. And people are like, that doesn't seem that scary. And then we go in (laughs) with medium tanks. They're like, okay, maybe we're in trouble. And then we send in (laughs) Zemanki tanks. And Zola's just like... Okay, dude, I guess you're making fine. But if we are to break down
2: the door, the tank must have a giant metal fist upon it. So the fist will break down the mighty fist of Hydra.
1: Johann Schmidt is just a seven-year-old playing with his toys. And he wants Zola to make them real.
0: We we, uh, compared him to, um, I don't know if you've seen Muppets Most Wanted. Um, but, um, Kermit's, what is Kermit's twin name in that? The evil Kermit. The evil Kermit. Uh, his name is, uh, Constantine. Uh, And so we've compared him to Constantine because he has that song in there where he's singing to Ricky Gervais. I'm number one, you're number two, we're criminals at large, but I'm at larger than you. (laughs) And, and so much of Schmidt feels like that is his mentality, right? Yes. (laughs) First we use the little tanks, and then we use the big tank.
1: <laughs> they are sixty 60% percent bigger. 60%. Sixty specified.
0: I I I want to hear a scene. I want a scene where he's yelling at at uh, Zola though for only doing a fifty five percent bigger.
1: Yes. There's <laughs> the 60. It's all about you the percent percentage. Math. I wouldn't check the math.
0: <laughs> That's one thing that we don't get enough of. They bring up the math in this film and we don't get enough of it.
1: <laughs> well, more. it's that German precision that they're so famous yeah. for. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Right, right. Uh, Steve makes it into
0: the building, um somehow. He ends up in the uh, the factory compound and he knocks on the door. The old knock on the door trick to get someone to open it up. Uh, and he does, and the trooper opens the door and he slams the trooper's head uh, in the door and then punches him. And uh, you know, I, it works. It works for Steve, you know, and if it works once, why not, why not keep doing it? So
2: now, as we've been talking, I've had both of these minutes up side by side. and as you know i'm a I'm a student, I'm a student of mouths. I was gonna ask and I'll tell you guys, if this isn't the same guy, as in the cage and on the dock, then this is a family of triplets. Because this mouth has an uncanny resemblance to the other mouths. Mouth and chin and the the little wrinkles around the nose. Very pointed nose. Distinctive nose. Strong mouth.
1: Rodent-like rodent-like. Right? N- nobody's <laughs> arguing that the prison mouth is the same as the loading dock mouth. But this mouth, to me... In, in the factory is, I think this looks like Brandon Ralph from the mouth. And I don't think the other guy looks like it. This is not Brandon Ralph mouth. <laughs> this guy's giving me Ralph mouth. This is not Ralph mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think what we're is- learning about you, Pete, is that you have mouth blindness.
1: I think the worst kind of blindness. I think this is a real thing.
2: That is not true. I'm a student. We've covered, I'm a student of mouths. He got his doctorate in mouths. <laughs> I'm a mouthophiliac.
0: You're, you're, you might be a student of, of mouths, but you're a beginner at it. I think, I think you've just started your classes and yeah. you have a long way to go.
1: Kindergartners are you, still students. All I'm true. going to do is <laughs> <kindergarteners laughs> still students.
2: Uh, the gauntlet has been dropped right here. Let me just tell you, that's all I'm going to talk about for the rest of our run. <laughs> is mouth.
0: Oh man, mm-hmm. this, this is going to be a long rest of the movie. <laughs> Wait till I get to the Avengers, Andy. So you see nothing. I could
2: do mouth all day.
1: Gross. <laughs> uh, what yeah. I love, so the the one I think it's rude to door slam, punch. <laughs> You probably just need door slam because the guy's already getting knocked out. But yeah. behind him, behind the punch, there's just two other Hydra guys slowly walking. And I think it's probably pretty loud to crunch somebody's head in the door and then punch <laughs> them in the jaw, and they just nope because they're so <laughs> muffled by this
0: headgear. So
2: muffled about the head,
0: yeah. That's, the pro- That's what Schmidt might not realize. Like, he likes how cool everyone looks, but mm-hmm. he doesn't realize how no one can actually see anything. There's no peripheral vision, and you can't hear a damn thing when you're wearing these things.
1: But he's all about aesthetics. But,
0: but everyone's too afraid. Yep, everyone's too af- afraid to tell him.
1: Because mm-hmm. he'll show him his gross face. <laughs> there might be a reason, yeah.
0: Hey, guys,
2: this, I just realized, it does not take long to make this minute an episode of scooby-doo because they actually do i don't i've never as long as as many times as i've seen this movie i've never noticed that he slams punches and then we cut to that wide shot where the feet are sticking out of the door and he pulls the body in. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that may improve this minute is if Steve comes out of the door wearing the Hydra uniform. Doing the the
1: shifting, like getting comfortable in it. That would have been awesome. Yes. And then he's suddenly in the the Nazi
0: submarine. Yep. That's that's right. Right. And how perfect would it have been if it was a little too small? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. but he'd never let go of the shield, the toy shield.
2: It's a prop shield. It's not a it's, toy. It's still mag- <laughs> magnetized to his back. He can't get it off. <laughs> <laughs> he can't reach
1: behind easily. He's
0: wearing the Hydra leathers over it. Over so he's it. just like shield shaped. Shield shaped. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, last thing that I have is as, we, as we're as we inside here, we do have a crate and it does say Hydra Abdelung. It's a bunch of German on it, and it actually says uh, Hydra. It's the Hydra Department again. We've talked about the Hydra Department. I like how it is a department here with the Nazis. Hydra Department, caution, explosives, fragile. So, um, yeah, so they're just casually storing boxes of explosives, you know, here and there in whatever corners they can squeeze these things.
1: I think you don't want your explosives to be fragile. I think you want them to be pretty (laughs) sturdy. You don't want, like, clay bottles holding your explosives.
0: That does seem like a bad idea.
1: These are to,
2: also, you know, these are traditional explosives because there's no lens flare. There's like, no blue They would, goo. would be leaking lens flare from holes in the boxes if they were.
0: That's why they're here. They're like, goo. we don't need these things anymore. Shove them in a corner because mm-hmm. we're only using the new now. The new
2: blue goo. Did you happen to get the sign that's to the left of the door? <laughs> Eine Ehre für Wotterblonde und für Interviculung. Gorgeous accent. <laughs>
0: Well, now that you're bringing it up, I gotta.
2: Yeah, I'm gotta sorry I put that to you. No, I just. Und eine uh, Ehre für Waterland und für it's the
0: Interentwicklung. or something. Is it, waterland? Zu Va- is it Vaterland? to Arbeiten? Is it Watterland? German for
1: waterland? Maybe it's just an ad for a water park nearby. <laughs> This is definitely
0: a re, like a reclaimed facility. It was originally a water park. <laughs> well, it's fatherland und for spell that word for me so I can type it. Well, because I can't.
2: What I've got is I N T E R E N T W I C K L U N G. Interdevelopment. Oh, fatherland and for interdevelopment. How about Menschheit? This is a strange word m-e-n-s-c-h-h-e-i-t
0: mankind oh uh zoo arbeiten, a-r-b-e-i-t-e-n uh well from what we can tell it says an honor and fatherland to work interdevelopment humanity i i think that we're missing a few words on the
1: it's like a hr poster just like work together guys <laughs> it's an yeah. honor to work with all of you <laughs>
0: No yeah, accidents <laughs> in days to to work. As, you know, all of the teams should be working together to support our fatherland. Yeah. Is yes. Something, but yeah. Our German is terrible, but that's that's essentially awesome. kind of what, that's it is. what you meant. Awesome, yeah. our, awesomely terrible. That's what I meant. Yeah. Woo! Lots of stuff <laughs> this minute. Lots of stuff this week. Uh, any last thoughts about anything going on with uh, Steve creeping around the Hydra base in today's minute? Or anything this week, really.
1: An alternate th- thought I had of him. It reminded me, I don't know if you guys ever played the Metal Gear Solid games, but when Solid Snake can turn invisible, that is Steve getting through this whole compound. He, he puts <laughs> on that so- Solid Snake invisibility stuff, and there's nobody can see him until he wants him to.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty true. Pretty true. Um, and maybe that's what the shield on the back does. It's like, yes. it's, it's so mm-hmm. visible that it actually becomes invisible.
1: Yeah, they see it. They're like, there's no way in hell, guys, sneaking yeah, in here like, wearing that super bright, stupid shield, right? <laughs> right. <It's>
2: just, <laughs> yeah, no way that would be possible. Let's keep walking.
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah that's. That, I love that about it. That's, uh, again, shield superpowers, all things that happened when the shield was too close to the Vita rays. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Mike, tell everybody about your podcast and where they can tune in.
1: You can, if you liked this, uh, there's a whole lot more of it over at the superhero show show where me and my compatriots watch every single live action TV show based on comic books i blanked out in the middle of it i said did i say live action based on comic <laughs> books uh some cartoons some movies whenever you feel like it uh there's also movie of the year every season we pick a year we build a giant bracket and then make them fight to determine what is the greatest movie of that year all of it lives at popfilter.co and you can find us at twitter and instagram at your pop filter
0: all of that will be in the show notes. Check it out, everybody. Tune into those shows. Mike, thank you so much for joining us all week. It has been a true pleasure and a lot of fun.
1: Thank you both. Yeah, this was awesome. I, I recently watched First Avenger like in January, and uh, I forgot how great it was. And this was so cool sitting here and talking to it. And your show is great. and I'm a fan. Thank you.
0: Oh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, it is it is very fun, and we've got a long road ahead of us, but, uh, you know, I'd <laughs> eat an elephant one bite at a time, and that's what we're here just to do.
1: keep making more of them,
0: <laughs> not knowing what it does to you people.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. What?
0: What are, what are they doing? They don't know what they have done. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you all. Remember, you can learn more about the show. Uh, Join our Discord community. uh, Become a member. All that good stuff. Go to marvelmovieminute.com. And uh, that's it for this week. Pete, thank you as always.
2: But next week, will we get lens flare in a mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Until next time,
0: true believers.
2: Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show.